The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world, broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world, spreading the news and information. BlakeRadio.com, music for your mind, body, and soul. Dr. Jennifer Daniels, and welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniels. It's Tuesday, February 9th, 2016, and today's topic is yikes. It's Zika, and this is the latest new uh, virus that is sweeping the globe and is poised to change everyone's life some for the better and some for the worse. So what we're going to do today is take a look at the actual evidence, what's actually being told, what's being said, not only to the public, but to physicians and to laboratories themselves that are testing for this virus. And uh, as I said, this is Healing with Andrew Daniels, listening to Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. All right, so... We have if A or B, then C. So what's A, what's B, and what's C? So if A, if the if Zika virus is causing Guillain-Barre, or if B, the virus is causing small brains and babies, then C, we want to know what's Zika, how is it diagnosed, how can we prevent it? What really should be done to have the greatest impact? So let's just logically start with uh, point A, which is what are the consequences of the Zika virus and you know, get a grip on what that definition is. Okay, let's talk about the uh, Guillain-Barre situation. This is very important. Um, those of you who have been around for a while, you're pretty old. I'm 59, pretty soon I'll be 59. Um, Guillain-Barre was a devastating uh, illness that occurred in the uh, 70s, late 70s, as a complication of the flu vaccine, period. That's what Guillain-Barre was. And so now we're being told that Zika causes Guillain-Barre. So let's just take a look at what is said. So here is the exact quote. A patient suffering from Guillain-Barre syndrome recovers at a hospital in San Salvador. Believe me, recovering from Guillain-Barre is a pretty mild syndrome. A Guillain-Barre is basically total body paralysis and can last for months and months at a time. So if we're looking at a patient who's suffering and recovering, that's a fairly mild case. Anyway, El Salvador on January 27th, researchers are looking into a possible link between Zika and Guillain-Barre. Now, looking into a possible link is like looking into finding a job. It means you don't have a job. And so this means there is no link. So there's no link between Guillain-Barre and Zika. So that is the the crux of the matter here. So there is no link between Guillain-Barre and Zika. Scientists are looking for a link. 
Again, this is like an unemployed person looking for a job. They have not found a job. They are looking for a job. And there's a good chance that person might not find a job, and there's an outstanding chance that there will not be a link between Zika and Guillain-Barre. Why? Because Guillain-Barre is so rare that it will be difficult to find enough cases to even get a statistically relevant sampling. So uh, it looks like job creation to me. Okay, so the Guillain-Barre connection we pretty much dispense with. Um, no matter where you're searching the internet, you will not find the number of cases of Guillain-Barre, the number of people infected with Guillain-Barre, and even how they determined if a person with Guillain-Barre was infected and if the person was infected on a timeline consistent with Zika infection. So we're going to talk about that first. Okay, so we have dismissed the Guillain-Barre connection. Now, there's another connection with psychovirus. Psychovirus might be causing small brains in babies. This is a, a pretty big deal, small brains in babies. So we're talking about microcephaly here. The question is, well, what is microcephaly? Yes, and for that, I like to go to the Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic is a pretty authoritative site, and they have a definition, which is very nice. They even tell you how to pronounce it. It's microcephaly. It's a rare neurological condition in which an infant's head is significantly smaller, get this, than the heads of other children of the same age and sex. So, it depends on where you're standing. So, as a kid, if your head is a lot smaller than the kids of other, other children of the same age and sex, then you've got microcephaly. Sometimes detected at birth. By golly, how could you miss it? I mean, where I delivered babies, we always measure the head circumference at birth, of course. So microcephaly usually is the result of brain developing abnormally in the womb or not growing as it should after birth. Now, how do you know? How do you know? Well, first of all, it can be caused by a variety of genetic and environmental factors. So children with microcephaly have developmental issues. Generally, there's no treatment for microcephaly, but early intervention with supportive therapies such as speech and occupation therapies may help, in other words, it may not help, enhance your child's development and improve quality of life. So, this is how it is, it is diagnosed. Now, some children, in other words, the primary sign of microcephaly is a head size significantly smaller than that of other children of the same age and sex. And so when I was going to medical school, this was the fifth percentile. So if the kid's head was in the fifth percentile or, or lower, in other words, the 5% smallest heads in the country, then that would be cause to suspect microcephaly. Now they've cautioned the doctor and parents that some children just have small heads whose measurement falls as, the low, as low as the first percentile. What's the first percentile? That means the head is as small or smaller than 99% of all the heads of children born, let's say, that year. Now, actually, it's a little more complicated than that. There's actually a um, growth chart where the kids' head circumferences are, are graphed from birth all the way up to really age, uh, age two years, and then the second graph, it goes from two years to 18. And so what we look for as doctors is we look for a head that when you measure the circumference and put it on the graph with the kid's age, falls, in this case, below or at the first percentile is what they're saying. Again, when I was training, it was as high as the fifth percentile. So when I was training, microcephaly was not a rare disease because potentially 5% of all kids had it. Now it's down to the first percentile, so clearly 1% of all kids basically are in the microcephaly range. Just That's just the definition of first percentile. So that is one piece of the uh, diagnosis. Now what causes this? This is important to get a grip on it. Um, premature fusing of the joints of the brain or the skull so the head can't grow. 
a chromosome or genetic abnormality like Down syndrome, uh, decreased oxygen to the fetal brains like a birth accident, infection of the baby during pregnancy, this includes, listen to this, toxoplasmosis, cytomegalovirus, which in the United States is ubiquitous, that means it's everywhere, cytomegalovirus. Cytomegalovirus also is not known to cause any illnesses except in people who are immunocompromised or, you know, fetuses by definition are immunocompromised. What I'm saying is mothers can have this and be asymptomatic. German measles, rubella, and chickenpox or exposure to drugs such as alcohol or toxic chemicals. Severe malnutrition, not enough food. Mother has not the ability to get enough food. And those are basically the uh, many, many causes of microcephaly. As you can see, there are lots of causes and lots of infections cause it. And Zika would only be one. And part of determining if indeed Zika might be the cause, it seems to me, would be to test for any of the other infections that could also cause it. Now, in some cases... Your doctor may also do a head CT or MRI scan and blood test to help you determine the underlying cause. So blood test would be to find the infection. CT scan or MRI scan would be to see if the brain was uh, within the skull, exceptionally small. So basically, microcephaly is, caught, is a small head. And now it's defined as 1%, first percentile or less. Now, I have to say, if the child's parents are very small people. So if the child's parents are short, say mother is four foot ten, maybe dad is uh, five foot one, short people, and they have small heads, and their kid has a small head, well, is it really a disease? So just the diagnosis here is, uh, is questionable. Now, let's take a look at... Uh, what's going on in terms of, uh, okay, so we know what microcephaly is. It's a small head. We know that by definition it's going to affect more or less 1% of babies that are born because it's people who are at the first percentile or less. So let's take a look at what Zika is and how do we know that it's there. First of all, um, Zika is a virus that is believed to be, this is, this is a quote, believed to be spread by mosquitoes. Now, when you say something is believed to be, then that's faith-based medicine. That's not, uh, it's not scientific at all. That means that the decisions about this condition are based on, on faith and belief. And this is really, uh, this is just shocking. So let's see if we can take a look here. Looking at the ShareCare site, which is where uh, realage.com tells you how to find a doctor, how to follow experts, topics, and so on. All right, so how serious is the risk of sexual transmission? Answer, nobody knows. I'll repeat that. Nobody knows. So nobody knows if sexual transmission is serious or how serious. It is such a rapidly moving and evolving area. Now, I would just like to say, just uh, throw my hat in the ring here, facts do not move and evolve. We're looking here for truth, facts, things you've measured. So we've had one case reported sexual transmission, but what we don't know about sexual transmission is huge. And so let's talk a little bit about the... uh, the actual, what do we know about the Zika virus? The Zika virus is transmitted by a mosquito. Let's say that's true. But you get symptoms for anywhere from two to seven days after you are bit, and then the symptoms are gone. The test for Zika, the IgA test, which is being used for citizens, only becomes positive one month after the person has been bit by the mosquito. In other words, 
If you are having symptoms similar to or suggestive of Zika and your serum IgA test is positive, it excludes Zika as a cause of those symptoms. Why? Because in order for the test to be positive, you must have been bit a month ago, and the symptoms only show up days two through seven. So what we have here then is we have a test that does not have the ability to associate the existence of symptoms with the existence of the virus. So if you're having symptoms of what you think might be Zika, and you get a test, and the test is negative, it doesn't mean that you don't have Zika. It just means they don't know yet. They then have to repeat the test one month later. And if that test is positive, and the test while you're having symptoms is negative, then in retrospect, one month after the fact, they can be inferred, deduced, or reasoned that the symptoms you were having at the time of the first test may have been due to Zika. All right, so uh, interesting. Now, let's get back to microcephaly. So what does the CDC have to say about uh, microcephaly and Zika? Let's take a look at Brazil. Brazil is the epicenter of this big uh, event. Just for your information, the population is 207.8 million people in Brazil. And they think 1.5 million are infected with the virus. Initially, it was reported that there are 4,000 cases plus of, of microcephaly in Brazil. They have revised that. They've done more... Um, They've gone back and rechecked those cases and only been able to confirm 270 of those cases. So we've been 270 cases confirmed of microcephaly in Brazil, not 4,000. Next, there are 35 confirmed cases of Zika. Now remember, that's a pretty tough thing to confirm. Why? Because you cannot confirm Zika with one test. It takes two tests to confirm Zika. You have to have a test at the time of symptoms and one month later, and the two test results cannot be the same. If they are the same, then the person did not have Zika at the time of the first test. This is important. So uh, normally, this is what Brazil says, normally we get several hundred cases a year of microcephaly and they have 2.9 million births. So several is like three or more, so 300 or more. So in other words, until the number of verified cases exceeds 300, we cannot attribute even one case of microcephaly to Zika because the number of cases that have been confirmed so far this year has not exceeded the number of cases for the total of the prior year. So 2014's confirmed microcephaly cases is still less than the total microcephaly cases from prior years. So there is not, at this point, a documented excess of microcephaly cases. So there is not even one case of microcephaly that can be attributed to Zika because the running count of the total number of cases does not exceed the number, the average number of cases for prior years. So if Zika causes an increase in microcephaly, we don't know it because the total number of cases in Brazil, that's been confirmed, talking about confirmed cases, has not exceeded the total number of confirmed cases from prior years. Okay. Now, uh, the same article says that two babies, count them, one, two, were found to have Zika virus in their brains, I'm presuming on autopsy, after they died 24 hours after birth. And two more were found to be positive in miscarriage. So these are four firm accounts of Zika virus found in the brain on autopsy. So they had to especially uh, stain or examine these tissues to find the actual virus. Now, if we take a look at the what they're now saying is there are 270 cases of microcephaly. Of those, 35 are confirmed to be Zika. But wait, 
In 80% of Zika infections, Zika is an innocent traveler, a passenger, not the driver or cause of the event. In other words, an innocent passerby. This would be like um, you being a passenger on the bus, the bus has a bus accident, and it's determined, or even better yet, you're standing on the sidewalk, you see a bus go down the street, and it has an accident, and you are blamed for the accident. Well, you weren't driving the bus. And so Zika, in 80% of the cases where Zika is present, um, causes absolutely no symptoms. So if you find Zika in 35%, or not 35%, but 35 cases, 80% need to be dismissed just because we know that Zika is not a problem in 80% of the case. Okay, so that leaves 20%. Of the 20%, we know that in 20% of cases, the person does come to the attention of the medical industrial complex, but of those, only 2% require any further intervention of any kind. So when you see Zika, Zika, the virus, at best, it causes disease in 2% of those uh, who have it. When I say significant disease, I mean disease uh, severe enough that the person might need to be um, hospitalized or diagnosed with some situation that's not trivial or passing. So we have 35, 1%. So basically one of these cases might be reasonably attributed to Zika because if we look at Zika's history of uh, disease causing, about 2% of those who are positive have a disease that could be attributed to the virus. So of the 35, 2% would be 0.7. We'll round it up to 1. Okay, so this is, this is looking like the Zika virus First of all, there's no excess number of microcephaly cases at, the, at this time that's been documented. So we have no cases to attribute to Zika. Even though 35 individuals have been, who are pregnant, who did give birth to babies diagnosed with microcephaly, of those, only 1%, again, if we take the history of, of uh, Zika as causing serious disease in 2%, uh, at most, we have one microcephaly case that might be attributed to the Zika virus. Okay. So, but wait now. The woman had to be Zika negative before her pregnancy and then Zika positive during the pregnancy or at birth in order to confirm that the virus was actually present at the time she was pregnant. Because the tests being used are antibody tests, we won't even mention the accuracy of antibody tests, which is fair to poor. So we have a situation then where it has not been established that there is an excess number of microcephaly cases in Brazil. Then what has happened since the authorities, whoever the authorities are, have gone back and looked over these cases and only found 270, the number of microcephaly cases reported in Brazil has plummeted. In other words, doctors are basically on notice, hey, you can't just point the finger and say, any old kid has microcephaly because somebody is going to come and recheck your work. And so the number of reported cases has absolutely plummeted. Now, this should also give you some kind of indication that simply labeling someone as having microcephaly is a fairly subjective thing. So long and the short of it is what? There does not appear to be a link, well, you say cause and effect, but just link or even association between Zika and microcephaly. What about sexual transmission? So sexual transmission of the virus was reported in Texas, of all places. I don't know enough about Texas to make any kind of uh, generalization here, so um, I won't. But this is on Medscape uh, Family Medicine, and sexual transmission of Zika virus reported in Texas. Now, let me tell you what must have happened to document the sexual transmission of Zika virus. The person... Prior to, prior to transmission, let's say prior to sex, 
she would have to be Zika negative. He would, believe it or not, have to also be Zika negative, right? Because in order for him to transmit it to her, he would need to be actively infected. He would need to have the virus. The virus only stays in his blood or her blood, anybody's blood, for one week. So literally, he would have to get the Zika virus in his travels, hurry home to his girlfriend, and they had have to have sex, and she would contract the Zika virus. Then, a month later, they would both be IgA antibody positive. But she would have to have been documented to be antibody negative. All right? So let's see what the Center for Disease Control says about this. This is, this is a difficult thing to diagnose, right? I mean, how many of you out there have Zika tests every week or so before sex or whatever? Well, not very often. So a person in Texas has become infected with Zika virus after having sexual contact with an infected person returning from a country where the virus is present. This is what the Health Department of Dallas County announced today. And today would be, uh, this was February 2nd that this was uh, published, so more or less somewhere around that time. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has confirmed the case to Medscape, saying it is the first case of Zika virus trans- infection in a non-traveler in the continental U.S. So this person has never left the United States, but they got the virus by having sex with someone who did leave the United States. Now, just for you guys to get this, you know, in your mind, you can't transmit a virus via antibody. You have to have a live virus in your body and transmit to the other person in order for them to get infected. This is always the case. And the live virus for Zika, we know, is only around for seven days. So this is a pretty dicey situation. Okay, so based on what we know, now, the best way to avoid Zika virus infection is to prevent mosquito bites and avoid exposure to semen from someone who has been exposed to Zika virus or who has been ill from the Zika virus infection. Stop right there. We know that from the time the person is bitten for seven days is when they can transmit it. After a seven-day period, they cannot transmit it. So if a person is traveling in a Zika-infested country and they return to the United States and they don't want to spread it, based on what we know now, the only sensible restriction you could possibly even think of making would be for them to not have sex for seven days or for them to use protection for seven days. Let's see what the recommendation is. So we do not have definitive information on the infectious time period and we'll provide more guidance for individuals and clinicians as we learn more. This is, this is written for doctors, by the way. Sexual partners can protect themselves by using condoms to prevent spreading sexually transmitted infections. People who have like a virus infection can protect others by preventing additional mosquito bites. All right. So if you have a Zika virus infection, you can protect other people by prevent, preventing additional mosquito bites, I guess, in yourself. But again, here, sexual partners can protect themselves by using condoms to prevent spreading sexually transmitted infections. We don't know if this is an infection that's predominantly spread by sexual transmission. All right, the Dallas County Health Human Services said in a news release, it has not received reports of mosquito transmission in Dallas. However, imported cases make local spread by mosquitoes possible. Now, what they're saying is then, a mosquito can bite someone who is infected, and they've got to bite this person during the seven-day period when the person has virus in their blood. Then they have to go bite another person. But wait, once a mosquito gets a meal and fills up its gullet with blood, did you know they don't bite for another five days? Did you know that? They don't bite for five days? Yeah. So, literally, the... Mosquito has to bite this person who's infected within the first seven days of their infection. It takes live virus into itself, the mosquito. So assuming the mosquito is a reservoir where viruses can live for a very long time. And then it has to go and bite another person. So until now, the only Zika cases reported in the United States recently involved people who had visited countries in Latin America and the Caribbean, that'd be where I am, where mosquitoes are spreading the virus. 
CDC reported a possible case of a man spreading the virus to his wife through sexual contact in Colorado in 1908 after becoming infected in Senegal. Although the wife tested positive, no one checked to see if the virus was in the man's semen, which would be evidence of sexual transmission. The Texas case appears to be the first evident epidemic or endemic case of Zika infection in the U.S. during its recent outbreak. Now, again, they still don't have evidence of transmission here because what we don't know is did the wife ever go to a Central American country in the past and did she ever get bitten by a mosquito and ever get Zika? The news from Texas comes one day after the World Health Organization declared a possible link between Zika virus and the surge of babies born with microcephaly. So this is now down, downgraded to a possible link, not a probable link. It is a global health emergency. Science for Disease Control and Prevention advises pregnant women to postpone visiting countries and territories in the Zika zone. So if Brazil is the Zika zone, it has not yet been established that there is even an increase in microcephaly in that zone. So our sexual transmission of Zika virus reported in Texas, again, we don't have enough information to confirm. We know that both parties were tested. They're saying both parties tested positive. And again, if we're using the IGA test, we know that both parties testing positive means that his recent trip from a Zika-invested area could not have infected her because it would take one month from her exposure for the test to be positive. So that's uh, very interesting. Okay, tiny but dangerous. And this is another one. This is information that you're telling your doctor. Tiny but dangerous mosquitoes spreading Zika. So here's the headline. Although a cause and effect link has not been established. I'll repeat that. Although a cause and effect link has not been established. Yeah. So uh, mosquitoes are tiny. They attack with stealth, biting in full daylight, no buzz, no sting, and they carry viruses that can be lethal to their preferred food source, us. Now, viruses is plural. It's not the Zika virus. So we're talking deadly. What are we talking about? We're talking yellow fever. We're talking dengue. So the yellow fever mosquito killed more soldiers than guns during the Spanish-American War. That's what we're talking about, yellow fever. So this deadliness is not extending to Zika as far as we know. So they can cause dengue fever, yellow fever, chikung Gunya fever, and now Zika. Now, I just want to tell you that all of these, dengue fever has caused death, yellow fever has caused death, and chikungunya has, they believe, caused death. Now we've got Zika added to the, to the heap. Now, the modern mosquito developed a preference for just one animal, and that's humans. They only live in association with humans, and they have all these physical and behavioral adaptations, and says Carolyn McBride, Ph.D., an assistant professor of ecology and evolutionary biology at Princeton University who specializes in this mosquito. So they can recognize human odor and it helps them find humans. So experts who spent some studying, sometimes studying these mosquitoes are amazed at how well they've adapted to feeding on people. They don't have a lot of stamina in the air. Their flight range is just 300 to 600 feet. As a result, insecticidal sprays don't work on this breed because it's hard to catch them airborne. They live, get this, you have to read through the marketing stuff here. They live under decks, patio furniture, and in homes that don't have cool air. They don't like air conditioning. They love the drip trays that collect extra water under potted plants. Now, imagine a home with a deck, patterned furniture, and potted plants. Does that scream poverty? No, not at all. So we have the marketing guys in here trying to um, get basically middle-class people to identify 
with this so-called epidemic of an impoverished province in Brazil. They can breed incredibly small amounts of water. They breed happily in discarded photo bottle caps. New Jersey residents, uh, they pull, says they pull in snack-sized potato chip bags, and they are in people's backyards. They live in containers, and they are the urban domestic mosquitoes. So now we're being told these mosquitoes are all over the United States, basically. In 2009, that was uh, just Keisha Mathis week, six years ago, um, this PhD and her team went house to house through neighborhoods around Trenton, New Jersey, trying to understand why these mosquitoes and their close relatives live and lay their eggs. They dumped and checked out more than 20,000 different water-holding containers in the study. And again, they found the mosquitoes mainly in buckets, the drip trays under potted plants, little pools of water that collected in crevices and outdoor equipment like lawnmowers and air conditioners. Okay, so people who own lawnmowers and air conditioners and potted plants are at risk here. This is not exactly a disease of the poor. Even in the most manicured, clutter-free yards, they found infestations. Okay, so this is, again, this is, this is called marketing targeting. And so you target the income level of individuals you want to suck in by mentioning their possessions and mentioning things about them. So this virus doesn't like welfare recipients. It likes people who can afford lawnmowers and air conditioners and potted plants and patio furniture. Okay, all right, we got it, okay. Sometimes they are so long, you always have water inside those accordion folds. We've gotten 500 larvae of those little folds before. Those are the downspouts. Uh, okay, so World Health Organization warned that many areas could see their number of mosquitoes boom this year because of the Nino weather pattern, strongest in two decades. Now, what they failed to, di- to, to document is the existence of these Zika infections in mosquitoes that are in New Jersey. So you can see how they've uh, nicely changed the subject here. So back to the subject. Zika virus is spread when a mosquito bites an infected person, then bites an uninfected person and passes the virus. Again, the probability of tapping is very low because once a mosquito bites, it goes off, sits down, digests the blood, and gives birth to a family. Then it goes and bites again. So mosquitoes don't bite, uh, you know, several times in a day. But the virus is suspected of causing microcephaly. The virus is suspected. Okay, so again, we have no proof, we have no evidence, there is no connection. Of causing microcephaly in babies of infected pregnant women. Although a cause and effect link has not been established, Microcephaly causes devastating, sometimes fatal brain damage and can result in miscarriage or stillbirth. Now, this is a common device used in medical school. They would tell us something really just like this, not much different, and say, but because the consequences are so severe, even though there's no link between the virus and the consequence, we have to pretend there is because the consequence is so severe. How's that for logic? So CDC has warned women who are pregnant or may become pregnant to consider postponing travel to more than 25 countries and territories in Central and South America and the Caribbean. Now, if Brazil is the epicenter, if Brazil is the worst case they can point to, and in Brazil there is no evidence, not only of cause and effect or of association, then we can deduce that the other 24 countries in the list are not as serious as Brazil, and actually there is no evidence that travel in those areas would be dangerous for pregnant women. Okay, so. And Brazil's situation is so desperate that they are trying an experiment, releasing genetically engineered male mosquitoes into the wild. Now, I'd just like to point out, they did release genetically engineered male mosquitoes into the wild in Panama four years ago, and we didn't have a microcephaly problem or any other problem for that matter. They just did it because, well, they wanted to. I guess now they feel they need a reason. When they breed with females, they pass a self-destruct gene to their offspring that causes them to die before they reach adulthood. The company that produces the mosquito claims and insists it could cut wild populations by much as 90%. 
there's a little bit of problem with that logic, but I won't go into that now. But the point is, we have a Zika virus, supposedly spread by mosquitoes, we'll believe that, but there is no evidence it's causing microcephaly. But even though there's no evidence that it's causing microcephaly, we have to pretend it is until we get further data because microcephaly is so serious and we would hate, hate to miss uh, an opportunity to prevent something so devastating. Okay. The company says it's been talking with the FDA to test its mosquitoes in the Florida Keys, but hasn't yet received approval. Supporters say the mosquito could end the menace of Zika and other mosquito-borne viruses without the toxic aftereffects of pesticides, but the critics worry about the unintended consequence of releasing a genetically modified insect into the world. So the real target here is to get the people in Florida to agree to have genetically engineered mosquitoes released because there's no evidence that Zika has caused microcephaly and we don't have documented existence of infected mosquitoes in the United States. Okay, while we wait to see if science can save us, warm, wet weather is on the way. First mosquitoes will hatch in an area after the temperature has been above 50 degrees for at least 16 days. To protect yourself, experts agree the most important thing is to get rid of standing water in and around your house. But mosquitoes aren't always where you think they might be. In her house-to-house survey, she didn't often find them up in high places or roof gutters or ornamental ponds or in swimming pools, even when they've been left untreated and neglected. Instead, she says, think low and small. So empty buckets, drill holes in your trash. And even though it's a pain to disconnect them, unscrew and empty downspot extenders at least once every five days. If you've got plants in containers, empty their drip trays at least once a week and cover any outdoor equipment like a barbecue grill. Again, we're talking middle class here. These mosquitoes like to bite below the knees, so long pants and socks are important, long sleeves as well. Use a mosquito repellent um, and with the active ingredients, DEET. Now, with all this insecticide and having ladies spray themselves with, these could give rise to microcephaly. So if you're sitting on a porch or patio, use box fans to create a strong breeze around your feet and legs. And that is that is it. So this is what they're telling doctors. And what they're telling doctors is there has been no um, cause and effect link established. Now this is February 2nd. Okay, so such the transmission is like a porous virus reported in Texas. We took a look at that. The documentation is seriously weak. Uh, and the prior case of sexual transmission, the virus antibody was verified only in one member of the party. So let's take a look at the, uh, the importance here. So the Washington Post has... Uh, Give us a little more information here. So the test used to detect Zika is an IgA antibody test. It turns out to be positive four to 12 weeks after the exposure. Symptoms happen two to seven days after the bite. So if a person tests positive at the time of their symptoms, that proves Zika is not the cause because the bite had to have happened four to 12 weeks before the test and a person's test was positive, and a person's test was previously negative. So there's no test that determines that a person has an active Zika infection at this time. And um, this is uh, shocking. So in Brazil, they found Zika and saliva. When I say Zika, what are we talking about? I think we're talking about Zika antibodies. And so this is a problem. So by finding Zika in saliva, urine, and experts are warning against kissing. So we should stop kissing. In Brazil, we should stop kissing. So Rio de Janeiro, love city, they're telling people to stop kissing. So the president is going to urge pregnant women not to kiss strangers just as local carnival celebrations begin. 
The discovery adds that rising concern over Zika, which is spreading rapidly in the Americas, has been linked to thousands of severe birth defects in Brazil. Again, this is February 8th. Uh, I guess I didn't get the memo. That number is only 270 at the moment. For you, genetic testing to identify the virus in saliva and urine samples from two patients who had symptoms caused by Zika infection. So we can just stop right there. So this genetic testing is actually an antibody test. So it, it is not an actual direct test for the genes. So they take the RNA, Zika is apparently an RNA virus, transcribe it into DNA, and then do an antibody test on that DNA. From two patients who had symptoms caused by the Zika infection, and determines the virus was active, meaning it had the potential to cause infection. Scientists at the foundation said. So in other words, if the patients have symptoms, and by definition, they're in the infection stage, just by the way. And so more research is needed to determine whether Zika could be transmitted by either fluid. This marked the first time the mosquito-borne infections prompted a global health scare has been detected in saliva and urine. Scientists told reporters in Rio de Janeiro. Now, again, more research is needed to determine if it can be transmitted by these fluids. In other words, they don't know. The vast majority of like infections are caused by mosquito, but word surfaced, okay, we're talking rumor, word surfaced, caused by sexual transmission and blood transfusion. So these developments come, again, it's carnival time. It's carnival time here in Panama, by the way. Today was a big carnival day. So Zika has been linked to birth defects microcephaly. In other words, no cause and effect, just mentioned in the same conversation. So pregnant women should take special precautions to avoid crowds during carnival. We cannot say today that there's no possibility of transmission. And they cannot say that there is transmission. And so, again, we have a situation where we have a lot of talk and where we have no science to um, back it up. And so there is no treatment or vaccine for Zika, all the more reason not to diagnose it. Most infections cause either no symptoms or symptoms including a mild fever, skin rash, conjunctivitis that normally lasts for two to seven days, according to World Health Organization. Again, just what we said before, this is a pretty harmless thing. Its association with microcephaly and Guillain-Barre syndrome has increased alarm. And researchers are working to confirm that the virus causes those conditions. In other words, there is no evidence the virus causes either of those conditions. Researchers are working to get that evidence. They don't have it. So, Brazil's government is going to reverse a, a law next week which restricts the country's ability to send medical samples abroad. Two government sources said the decision would be made in a meeting Wednesday between the health science and technology ministries as well as the president. And they've been collaborating with the U.S. CDC to try and nail down what is like a causes Guillain-Barre And they're still working on it. So right now, none known. But the CDC is uh, issuing sex precautions to prevent Zika transmission. So men with a pregnant partner should use a condom or abstain from sex for the duration of the pregnancy if they have visited or live in an area where mosquitoes are spreading the Zika virus. Now again, we know after one week, the contagious period is done. So why would you have a man use a condom with his wife for nine months unnecessarily? I can only think you're trying to weaken their relationship. In an update to interim guidance to clinics, CDC also said pregnant women who have visited countries and territories plagued by the virus should be tested for infection even if they have no symptoms. Earlier guidelines had limited testing to symptomatic pregnant women. So the update was published on Friday the 5th. Now, what do you think they're going to do when a lady tests positive? Well, of course, you offer her an abortion. The CDC director said in a news conference today 
His agency is working around the clock to battle the Zika virus with one priority in mind, avoiding the birth of children with microcephaly, which he called devastating. Now, how do you... So a kid is, is in utero. You figured out he has microcephaly. What do you do? Answer, often late an abortion. Next question. What percent of babies who are exposed to Zika actually get microcephaly? Well, if we look at the 270 confirmed cases in 35 that even have the virus around, then what we find is if we abort all the babies of ladies who are positive for the virus, we're not going to make a substantial reduction in microcephaly cases, number one. And number two, we know the habit of the virus is it causes no diseases in most people. And so what you're doing then is causing 10 ladies to get an abortion for every one lady that might have Zika. Or more likely, you're getting 99 ladies to have an abortion for the one lady that might have Zika and microcephaly. So he says it's scary about the two disorders. So the advice about condoms and abstinence is part of another set of interim guidelines preventing sexual transmission. And of course, we don't know that it's sexually transmitted. We haven't documented that. So no one has done the proper test, which is to test both partners before they have intercourse and to test them both a month or more after. Because if the male partner is antibody positive at the time that he has sex, then you know he's not contagious because it's been more than a month. And so, again, these tests have not been done. The CDC is trying to determine how long the virus can live in semen, but the research results are weeks or months away. So we don't know. And even if the virus is present in the semen, the next question is, is the presence of the virus in the semen enough to infect mother or baby? And if you ask um, Magic Johnson, he's had at least two babies, him being HIV positive, and neither of the, neither of the babies nor his wife have become HIV positive. So that tells you about uh, viruses in semen and what that can do. The article on avoiding sexual transmission of Zika virus offers a lone piece of evidence on virus persistence in semen. It cited a report of replication-competent Zika virus being isolated from semen at least two weeks and possibly 10 weeks after illness onset. Again, possibly, which means we don't know. Although detected in semen, the virus did not surface in reverse transcription polymerase chain reaction testing of blood, plasma, specimens collected at the same time. The man whose semen was tested did not have any sexual contacts. CDC's travel alert now covers 30 nations and territories. So what we have uh, going on here is women of reproductive age should be counseled on how to prevent an unintended pregnancy. Pregnant women who are not expecting experiencing lack of symptoms should have virus testing at the beginning of prenatal care. Pregnant women experiencing Zika symptoms should be tested for the virus at the time of illness. Now, what we have going on here is we have an antibody test, which are notoriously high on false positives, being foisted on people. So what is going on here? We have a virus for which there is no test. There is no treatment. There is no cure. The only way to know you have it is for someone to tell you that you have it. I think we have a very simple model to go by, and it's called the Cooties Gang. And we have here, go to Wikipedia and find the Cooties game. This was a popular game when I was a child, and uh, I always refused to play as a kid, and as an adult, I also refused to play. A child is said to to catch cooties through any form of bodily contact, proximity, or touching of an infected, parenthesis, person, or from a person of the opposite sex of the same age. Often the infected person is someone who is perceived as different, such as being of the opposite sex, in this case being Brazilian or having brown skin, disabled, shy, or who has peculiar mannerisms. The phrase is most commonly used by the children aged 4 to 10. However, it may be used by children older than 10 in a sarcastic or playful way. In the United States, and this is a new variation, a modern variation, uh, the immunized generation. In the United States, children sometimes immunize one another from cooties by administering a cootie injection. Typically, one could administer the shot 
using the index finger to trace circles and dots on another child's forearm while reciting the rhyme, circle, circle, dot, dot, now you've got the cootie shot in some variation. Child then says, circle, circle, square, square, now you have it everywhere. In this case, the child receives an immunization throughout his or her body. These variations may continue to a final shot where the child says, circle, circle, nice, nice, now you've got it all your life. A number of other variations exist. So what we have going on here is a high-level cooties game being played by adults with pretty high stakes. And um, what's a person to do? I think the first and foremost thing to do is not get tested for Zika. That's number one. Uh, number two, if you think you might have Zika, just uh, calm yourself down and wait for a week. And um, it will pass. That's pretty much the size of it. Um, so don't get tested for Zika, number one. Two, this is my particular advice, uh, not medical advice. Take this advice at your own risk. But basically, at the moment, as we speak, there is no evidence that Zika causes Guillain-Barre. There's no evidence that Zika causes microcephaly. There's not even evidence that Zika infection is sexually transmitted because they haven't done the proper test to substantiate that. And the tests being used for Zika do not detect the actual virus. So with all these things, basically what you have is a grown-up uh, a grown-up game of cooties. And I think that you just need to decide for yourself if indeed you uh, want to play a game of cooties, a grown-up game of cooties. Well, that is my Zika presentation. If you have questions, they can um, click their box. We have time for like, one or two questions before we end. But I hope that it's helped people understand uh, the Zika situation better. And I think the better thing is to understand this is not an epidemic. This is a situation. And it's a situation of the government wanting to tell pregnant women what to do with their bodies. And we used to, when I was a young girl, there was this thing called pro-choice. And pro-choice said, well, we want to give women a choice. Choice to have a baby or not have a baby. And really what it has turned into or devolved now is women no longer have choice. Women of whatever economic group or race or anything, when they get pregnant, they're getting pressured to end this pregnancy. And so now what we have is one more spurious reason to foist abortions on, uh, on women, women who otherwise would like to have a baby or be interested in having a baby. So we now have universal uh, precautions in the bedroom. We now have women being examined for Zika, counseled to end their pregnancies, and the official is very, very serious. He wants no more births of kids with microcephaly. How do you prevent the birth of a kid with microcephaly when the lady's pregnant? Well, they've got an abortion. And this is the problem, is forced, uh, forced abortions. And I think that's, that's pretty much where this is going to. So please go to vitalitycapsules.com forward slash remedies. Um, sign up for remedies so powerful they could make antibiotics obsolete. And get our mailing list. We are in the process of having a sale. It hasn't started yet. It's only going to be three days. It's going to start Thursday for three days only. And it's one bottle at half price plus shipping. Two bottles at half price. Third one is three free. That's right, three bottles for the price of one. But you do have to pay shipping. So if you want to find out about that sale, you have to be on the list. So if you're if you're not on the list, go to vitalitycapsules.com forward slash remedies and sign up. Uh, for my list so you can get your notices. Well, as always, think happens. So don't let the bad guys grab your uterus over nothing. And um, Zika, again, if you think you have Zika, just relax and wait a week for it to pass. Now also I have to say, the test for Zika cross-reacts with yellow fever and dengue. So the test is not precise or accurate. 
So if someone tells you you have Zika, tell them they have cooties. All right. As always, think happens, and we'll see you next week.